peace, peace, peace. Today's read is going to be about health and wellness. And I'm big on doing a lot of holistic things and connecting with people, places, and situations that are holistically healthy. Um, That being said, living in America, we do have access to certain medical technological advances that can be beneficial to our health and wellness. But there can be a hesitation. I'll speak to my own hesitation in going to just any doctor. And I've gone to doctors all my life from a a child, a baby, up until a grown woman. And my experiences haven't necessarily been, they weren't, they weren't good. And I didn't realize how not good they were until I had a doctor back in 2014 who was a black man. He was, now my children have had black doctors before and I, and I did appreciate that and that was a great experience. But me personally, um, my first doctor, she was an Asian woman, Dr. Lee. I loved Dr. Lee. I felt comfortable with her. She cared about us. She saw us. Um, me and my brother went to her and she was in... Um, She was a doctor so long that when I did have children, my children, my first child, not my second one, my first child did go to her. So Dr. Lee, it it felt good. We went to that um, healthcare facility um, (laughs) in Flushing, Queens for a long time. And I I did feel cared for and seen. And because my parents trusted her and she had a relationship with my parents, it it extended to me. She was very good. Um, with my son when he was a small child. So a doctor is important um, if, if that's what you have available to you. But after being an adult, after moving um, out of New York City, I haven't had that experience with any other doctors in New York City because I did see other doctors or with any other doctors where I live now currently until I met um, a Dr. Jonathan Edwards back in 2014 and I felt thoroughly seen, cared for, concerned about, advised, educated about what was going on with my blood pressure at the time, my options, not rushed, not dismissed, not ignored, um, given top shelf healthcare. And The truth is, anybody who has health insurance, by whatever means they have, I happen to have health insurance through my employer, but it doesn't matter what health insurance you have, doctors, like anybody else, are there to do their job. And health care, health and care, you have to put the health, the care in health care, if you choose, if that's the kind of doctor you are. Not all doctors are that. Doctors are people. And living in the United States of America, we see all kinds of people who are in all kinds of positions hmm, who act up in public. There's been a lawyer recently who was driving on the highway um, saying the N-word out his car at people. This is a lawyer. He's in the legal field. We've had doctors. We've had teachers white people who are in these professional positions that they get because everybody, they're supported by American society. 
and blind trust is not something I'm willing to 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 give, especially not with my health care. And that's true with anything like education, like a, a, a lawyer or an accountant or any any professional. And so being aware that racial bias is a real thing in America, very real. If you can't see that, whether you're in America or not, just from the news that comes out, imagine living it every day for the people who are not upfront about their bias. They just, they just live it every day. And then they have black people come into their offices or their school or their classrooms or their wherever their professionals are and they get to act out their anti-black hatred on the people that, are, that they're supposed to be serving and get away with it. It's disgusting. And I've been on, on the receiving end of a doctor who was just really, you could tell he was biased. Um, I don't remember that man's name. Like I remember the good doctor's name. The bad doctors, I, I don't remember their names because I don't go back to them. And it got to the point, um, I would have stayed with Dr. Jonathan Edwards, but my insurance changed with my jobs and he wasn't still in my network that I could access. So because of the experiences I have had with other doctors, I I didn't go back for a while once I didn't have Dr. Edwards anymore. Um, But the truth is, because I am in America and there are certain technological advances that doctors use nowadays, it's in my best interest to have a primary care physician. I do have health care through my employment. So I was on a search for a black doctor. And I'm smiling. I think you can hear the smile in my voice because I found one. It took me a few months. Um, but I found one, went and got a new patient, uh, had a new patient appointment with her. And it was wonderful. And she's not only an MD, she also teaches African dance. She also gardens. (laughs) She also understands when someone isn't necessarily looking to be on medication for anything. Thankfully, my blood work came back very, very good. Um, I did have low vitamin D. And I don't mind taking um, vitamin D supplements, but... She gave me a supplement that's only 12 weeks. I take a pill once a week for 12 weeks, and then I have an appointment to see her to recheck my blood. That's the care. That's the care. Um, Also, uh, my blood pressure is not high, high, but it is a bit elevated. And she told me about, she educated me about the lower number being, when the lower number is high, Um, My doctor said that it means I'm not getting enough cardio. So she's giving me the opportunity to get it low. But if I don't get it beyond a certain point, she's going to recommend, because ultimately it's my choice, and we're working together in partnership for my health care, which that's all I want. That's all anybody wants. I don't need anybody's bias on me in my health care. But anyway... If I don't get my blood pressure down by a certain point, then she's going to recommend, heavily recommend um, medication, which, no, I'm going to get it down. <laughs> um, but the power and the choice is in my hands. It's my, it's my health. 
It's my health, and we're in partnership, like I said, with the care. Um, also, her assistant was amazing. You could tell they're happy to work with the people they're working with. Um, it, it was a, a great experience, a very great experience. But today's read is going to be about, um, and the reason I brought all of that up is because if I don't stay on top of my health, there are things that can sneak up on me, like my high blood pressure. I'm not claiming high blood pressure. Like blood pressure that is a bit elevated, that can cause healthcare problems. A lack of vitamin D can cause other healthcare problems. And you don't necessarily know these things are true until you um, until they either develop into more serious problems or until you get a complete blood work done up on you and it shows up in that blood work. So I saw this article recently and the title is Stroke Survivor's Message to Black Women. Be the CEO of your body. And that's the point. That's the point. And it came like, I saw this article the day after I came back from my doctor and I realized as black, I'm not the only black woman that may be hesitant to, because I've had health care, health insurance. I've had great health insurance. I didn't go to the doctor because I didn't trust them and I was tired of trying to find one. But I was worth putting in the time to find a doctor because that I'm comfortable with because I am the CEO of my body. You are the CEO of your body and it matters. So this article speaks to her experience and it was a really great article. I found it on blackdoctor.org and let's get into it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This article is on blackdoctor.org. It was published on June 6th of 2023, written by Jasmine Smith. And the headline is Stroke Survivor's Message to Black Women. Be the CEO of your body. Sudden fatigue can be caused by a number of things, including lack of sleep, medication, anemia, heart or pulmonary problems, cold or flu, etc. When Shanta Quillette Carter-Williams began feeling abnormally fatigued, she thought she was coming down with the ladder. At the time, she was experiencing nausea, vomiting, light chest pain, and shoulder pain on her right side. I remember telling a coworker, I think I'm coming down with the flu. I'm going to go ahead and go home. And my husband was aware of me having these issues and asked me several times if I needed to go to the hospital. And I was like, no, I think I'm coming down with the flu. I'll rest, Carter Williams shares. Although Carter Williams' husband was heading to work, he still managed to do what she describes as divine intervention, 
by telling her daughter to take her to the emergency room despite her resistance. By the time Carter Williams's daughter came downstairs to take her to the hospital, she was experiencing jaw pain that was shooting down her jaw to her left arm. When she arrived at the hospital, doctors gave her nitroglycerin and performed an EKG. The doctor kind of looked at me. First, he was in a jovial mood, and then when he came back in, the mood had changed, and that's when they let me know that I was having a heart attack, Carter Williams recalls. Mm. After spending a few days in the hospital, Carter Williams was discharged with no medication to prevent another situation. When I started having the fluttering in my chest, I was very active, I was small, I was below my BMI, I was exercising, I was doing everything right. I had just lost a significant amount of weight, so I felt like I was in tip-top shape for my age and didn't know of any heart issues that I had, that my family had, or anything like that. So it wasn't really a reason for me to question the medication, she adds. However, Carter Williams who has a history of being dismissed by doctors, began to feel like something was wrong when she was still experiencing heart problems despite avoiding the things that triggered them. I'm like, okay, I'm not exercising. I'm not elevating my heart like I was before. I'm not doing all these things that you would think were triggering these chest pains, but they were still happening. And so it was like, the information that I was providing to the doctors kind of came against me, she says. Because I work for the IRS, I was a revenue officer. I'm out in the field dealing with taxpayers, doing stuff like that. I'm a black woman. So it's like, oh, you're stressed. You need to change your job. All these things, but not, hey, let's do some invasive tests to see if there's something else going on. Going back and forth to the emergency room and dealing with dismissive and rude doctors became exhausting and frustrating for Carter Williams and her family. I remember crying one time and he's like, why are you crying? And I was like, because I feel like you could be doing more. The mother and wife recalls adding that she felt defeated after constantly being told there was nothing wrong with her. Months after having a heart attack, Carla Williams suffered a stroke while at work. I can say this is the only morning that I woke up and I didn't have pain and a headache. I wake up, I go to the office. 30 minutes after getting to the office, I'm laughing with my manager, you know, cracking up, talking about our town hall meeting. I walk over to my desk, sit down, and I get a headache. A headache just came out of nowhere. Immediately, I started feeling dizzy, my vision getting blurry, and I remember feeling like I was paralyzed on the side of my body. My coworker said that she heard some sounds, like somebody was struggling to make it out of the cubicle, and she said I looked like I was having a stroke. She said my face looked like look 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 like looked a little bit droopy, and I fainted. I don't remember anything from there. Carter Williams went to Baylor University Medical Center where doctors initially diagnosed her with multiple sclerosis and told her she'd also suffered a seizure. After seeing a neurologist and spending around 18 to 20 hours in the hospital, Carter Williams, who could not walk or talk, left the hospital in a wheelchair. 
The next day, the symptoms worsened. I was diagnosed with a stroke and then put back into rehabilitation. And for the next two years, I was in medical care rehabilitation, speech, occupational, and cognitive and physical therapy. Mm. The importance of knowing your family history. After her stroke, Carter Williams made another shocking discovery. Both her parents had cardiovascular disease. Two first cousins had heart attacks and another had a stroke at 36. She believes that if she had this knowledge of her family history beforehand, doctors may have approached things differently. Do your patient questionnaire. They ask you those questions for a reason. So maybe if I had given that info to the doctor, he would have said, hey, let's go ahead and put you on some better preventative medication just in case, Carter Williams adds. Those conversations are important and need to be had, but you also have to hold the people next to you accountable. Hold the doctors accountable. In the black culture, we have this thing where it's my business. You hear Uncle Charlie passed away, but nobody talks about Uncle Charlie having high blood pressure, diabetes, all these things, and he's a direct connection to you. What are the chances that I can pick up those health issues because of Uncle Charlie? I think those conversations are really important. Mm. The The influencer, she's um, no longer working with the IRS, apparently. She is a comedian now. The influencer has also passed this mind site along to her children, including her daughter, who is on blood pressure medication after some persistence from her mom to see a doctor for chronic migraines. Be the CEO of your own body. Carter Williams's journey has also inspired her to do advocacy work in hopes that others will be the CEO of their own bodies. I have this thing now where I say, I'm the CEO of my body and the doctors are my employees. And any time you're not doing what I think is beneficial for my body, then I have to let you go and find employees who are responsible, accountable, and can do the job. After I had my stroke and my heart attack, I fired all my doctors except the neurologist. I felt like they had a responsibility, a responsibility to me and they failed me, even when I was concerned. Her advice for others Take care of yourself and know the warning signs. Sometimes we let ourselves fall to the wayside. We make everything our jobs. Our family, our husbands, life, traveling. We put all this stuff in the forefront and we don't take care of ourselves, the wife and mother shares. When looking back on her journey, Carter Williams is fortunate for those who helped her get those long-awaited answers, like her husband, who demanded that doctors take her seriously, and the emergency room doctor who referred her to a black cardiologist, which helped her get long-awaited answers. I'm grateful God gave me two weeks to get all those warnings and still be alive. But some people get two and three days 
they feel symptoms and they lay down and go to sleep and they don't wake up. I don't want that to happen to people. So I want people to be accountable and make sure they're eating healthy. Of course, it's okay to indulge every now and then. But if your doctor says don't indulge, don't indulge. So that's the end of the article. But there's a lot of information that um, needs to be looked into, like the definition of a stroke. Like prior to reading this article, this article has me really thinking about my own situation and situations with family and friends because African-Americans are leading in heart disease and stroke um, incidents and it's preventable. According to the American Stroke Association, 80% of strokes are preventable. So I'm going to get into the definition of a stroke, um, why it may be higher in black people than other people, not just because we're black. There's other factors and preventative measures. What can we do to prevent this from happening to us? We do have power. We can, we, each of us can be the CEO of our bodies, our beautiful black bodies. Let's get into it. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So according to the American Stroke Association at www.stroke.org. Stroke is a disease that affects the arteries leading to and within the brain. It is the number five cause of death and a leading cause of disability in the United States. A stroke occurs when a blood vessel that carries oxygen and nutrients to the brain is either blocked by a clot or bursts, ruptures, When that happens, part of the brain cannot get the blood and oxygen it needs, so it and brain cells die. What are the types of stroke? Stroke can be caused either by a clot obstructing the flow of blood to the brain, called an ischemic stroke. Let me make sure I'm saying that right. Ischemic. And ischemic is an inadequate blood supply to an organ or part of the body, especially the heart muscles. So ischemic stroke is one. Or by a blood vessel rupturing and preventing blood flow to the brain called a hemorrhagic stroke. A TIA, transient ischemic attack or mini stroke, is caused by a temporary clot. Interesting. So the ischemic ischemic stroke or clots, blood clots, occur when a blood vessel supplying blood to the brain is obstructed. Ischemic strokes 
account for 87% of all strokes. So blood clots are serious. Mm. Hemorrhagic stroke or bleeds occur when a weakened blood vessel ruptures. The two types of weakened blood vessels that usually cause hemorrhagic stroke are aneurysms. So aneurysm is a stroke. Wow. And arteriovenous malformations. The most common cause of hemorrhagic stroke is uncontrolled high blood pressure. So aneurysms don't just come out of nowhere. They're caused by high blood pressure. Mm. Transient ischemic attack, TIA, is a warning stroke caused by a temporary clot. Take this warning sign for stroke seriously. Call 911 immediately. Cryptogenic stroke. In most cases, clots that block blood flow to the brain cause a stroke. Sometimes the cause of a stroke can't be determined. This is called a cryptogenic stroke. Brainstem stroke. When stroke occurs in the brainstem, it can affect both sides of the body and may leave a person in a locked-in state. When a locked-in state occurs, the patient is generally unable to speak or move below the neck. Wow. So, the fact that all of this is 80% preventable, according to the American Stroke Association, is concerning because a lot of Americans are affected by strokes. Um, according to the NIH website, nichd.gov, um, who who is affected by stroke is a factor along racial lines. And um, the website I'm looking at is www.nichd.nih.gov. And it is the United States Department of Health and Human Services website. How many people are affected by or at risk for stroke? Each year, about 795,000 people in the United States have strokes. And of these incidents, 137,000 people die. About 610,000 of these cases are first strokes. And 185,000 people who survive a stroke will have another stroke within five years. Ischemic strokes make up about 87% of all strokes and hemorrhagic strokes make up the remaining 13%. Stroke is a leading cause of death and disability in the United States. People of all ages and backgrounds can have a stroke. However, some demographic factors put certain people at higher risk of stroke or death from stroke. These include race and ethnicity. And see, this is... I'm going to read the article, but... Yeah, let me just read the article. Uh, Race and ethnicity. African Americans have almost two times the risk of white people of having a first stroke. Hispanic Americans and American Indian Alaska Natives are at greater risk than whites for having a stroke. 
but are at less risk than African-Americans. African-Americans and Hispanics are more likely than whites to die after having a stroke. Age, stroke, stroke risk increases with age. Three quarters of strokes occur in people ages 65 and older. Geography, the highest US death rates from stroke occur in the Southeastern United States. Gender, men are more likely than women to have a stroke. Certain lifestyle factors and conditions also increase the risk for stroke. The most important of these include high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, such as atrial fibrillation, previous stroke or transient ischemic attack, cigarette smoking. Additional risk factors include physical inactivity, overweight or obesity, high cholesterol, sickle cell disease, drinking too much alcohol, family history of stroke, drug abuse, genetic conditions such as blood clotting or vascular disorders, for example, factor V Leiden or Catacel. Certain medications such as hormonal birth control pills, being pregnant, and menopause. Menopause can lead to stroke? <laughs> wow. Lesser risk factors include head and neck injuries, recent viral or bacterial infections. Amplification of risk occurs when a person has more than one of the risk factors listed. Above, this means that the combined risk or two or more risk factors is greater than simply adding their effects. And they got their statistics from the CDC and the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. So the reason the race and ethnicity issue <laughs> bothers me is because of there's these are scientists, right? There's no science behind why somebody's race would have them have more high blood pressure. It's That's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Outside of sickle cell disease, which affects certain people, um, African-Americans heavily. But other than that, all those other risks are not just because people are black. They don't have strokes just because they're black. That's not science. That's ridiculous. Uh, so in the article I read about the woman saying that she needs to be the CEO of her body and how she, she fired certain doctors and how she was dismissed and treated in rude manner by certain doctors, how she was misdiagnosed and mistreated. That's the part, not because she's black, but because doctors who treated her differently than they would someone who is not black. White people, maybe they live longer and do better with strokes or other stuff is because the doctors are giving them the care that they don't give black people, Hispanic and Native American. I'll say black Hispanics because there are white and black Hispanics. So race and ethnicity is not the responsibility of the person who was born as a black person or as a Native American. It's the responsibility of the healthcare worker 
to care for the person in front of them correctly and not dismiss them and be rude and not do the testing that they would do for somebody that they care about. Racism is a factor in all of these things and it's ignored, is definitely ignored. So um, on the website, blackdoctor.org, there is an article that speaks to this. And the headline is, Racism Brings Worst Heart Health, Worst. Racism Brings Worst Heart Health for Black Women. And the article gets into the part of health care that's not talked about. Everybody's, it's just like when, when black kids go to school and they get overdiagnosed for things like ADHD and they get punished harsher than other children and their grades are affected by it and how they do it, whether they do well in school or not is affected by all of that. But nobody's looking at the teachers. They're looking at what can be done in the black community. What can be done about the families? What can be done about these children? They need this, this, and that. And not talking to the teachers about their racial bias and not changing that. So this article gets into how racism affects uh, black women's heart health. Let's get into it. Racism brings worse heart health for black women. Black women who are exposed to certain forms of racism may be more likely to develop heart disease, researchers say. Specifically, black women who have faced discrimination in employment, housing, and in their interactions with the police were 26% more likely to develop heart disease than their counterparts who had not experienced such structural racism. What is structural racism and how does it affect your heart? Structural racism refers to the ways that a society fosters racial discrimination through housing, education, employment, healthcare, and criminal justice systems. The new study wasn't designed to determine how perceived racism increases heart disease risk, but researchers have their theories. Chronic psychosocial stressors, such as racism, increase levels of inflammation, blood pressure, and other risks for heart disease, says study author Shan Shan Shihi. She is an assistant professor of medicine at Boston University. For the study, the researchers tracked more than 48,000 women enrolled in the Black Women's Health Study from 1997 to 2019. None had heart disease in, 20, in 1997. During 22 years of follow-up, 1,947 women developed heart disease. Women answered five questions in 1997 about their experiences related to racism in their everyday lives and three questions about structural racism in employment, housing, or their interactions with the police. Heart disease risk wasn't tied to experiences of racism in everyday life, but women who reported experiencing racism, racism in employment, housing, and in their interactions with police 
were at higher risk of heart disease compared with those women who answered no to all three questions on structural racism. The new study adds to a growing body of research on how racism affects health, says Tanae Lewis. She is an associate professor of epidemiology at Emory University Rollins School of Public Health in Atlanta. There are studies that show reports of discrimination are associated with early heart disease and inflammatory markers. Both studies linking racism to clinical endpoints have been few and far between until now, according to Lewis. Racism's effect on health matters. We know it matters, and here is the proof. So it's time to take a larger and more collective action against racism, she says. The onus is on society. Pushing these issues under the rug doesn't help anyone. We need to acknowledge the complexity of our history around race and begin to think about what we can do to promote equality for everyone as a society. We need to acknowledge that this is something that exists and that it's okay not to be okay, she adds. Still, the study is observational and cannot prove a direct cause and effect relationship. In the future, researchers plan to look at other types of racism and see how or if they affect heart health. This may lead to new insights and advance our understanding of how racism impacts heart health. Blacks and heart disease. Many black adults are already at higher risk of developing heart disease due to high blood pressure or type 2 diabetes. So it's important that you do all that you can to improve your heart health. Keeping blood pressure in the normal range not smoking, leading a physically active life, and sleeping well are good for your heart, she adds. Racism causes stress. So, taking steps to reduce stress may also have positive effects on your health. Seek social support, practice mindfulness, and get exercise. And this article was published on blackdoctor.org, March 2nd of 2023, written by Kara Jones. Thankfully, two or more things can be true at the same time. So yes, structural racism, anti-black hatred, violence, bias, institutionalized whiteness, all of that can be stressful, can cause inflammation to our organs, can cause high blood pressure or not because we can be mindful of the effects it has on our bodies and work to lessen that effect. First of all, if somebody is anti-black and they direct that towards you, that's their business. That's their problem. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna internalize somebody else's problem. Not anymore. I have done so in the past. Not doing it no more. Nah. 
So if you're anti-black, that's your business. If you want to fix it, have at it. But as for me, I'm going to focus on how I'm thinking about it, how I'm looking at it, getting grounded in my body, um, taking care to not eat stuff that's going to harm and add to the harm of the stress that you know is happening around me. So this article found on blackdoctor.org as well is an article that focuses on foods that boost heart health. Five foods specifically to boost heart health. And let's get into it. I really enjoyed this article because there are a few recipes <laughs> that I'm going to try. Keeping your heart healthy has numerous benefits, including a reduced risk for coronary heart disease, stroke, heart attack, and even dementia. Eating healthy foods is one big step you can take to protect your heart. But most folks wait too long to change what they eat. Many people ignore their diet until they develop cardiovascular symptoms later in life. Adopting a heart-healthy diet when you're young can help you live longer and healthier. Loyola University Medical Center cardiologist Khaled Dajani said in a recent blog post. In its dietary guidance scientific statement, the American Heart Association, AHA, recommends eating food from the Mediterranean, from the healthy U.S. style and DASH dietary approaches to stop hypertension diets for heart health. These include dark leafy greens, whole grains, fish, nuts, plant-based oils, whole fruits, lean meats, beans, and legumes. Let's take a look at five of the best foods for heart health from these categories and how to easily add them to your diet. That's my favorite part. Olive oil, delicious olive oil, contains the highest percentage of monounsaturated fat, which is great for your heart, according to the AHA. It helps lower LDL, bad cholesterol, and raises HDL, good cholesterol. You'll want to keep portions between one to three tablespoons a day, as olive oil is high in fat. Ways to enjoy olive oil. Dip whole wheat bread into olive oil instead of using butter. Toss pasta in a light mix of olive oil, pepper, and a tablespoon of Parmesan cheese in place of creamy sauces. Ditch store-bought dressings and make a mix of olive oil, vinegar, pepper, garlic powder, and onion powder for your beans. Quinoa. Quinoa is a fiber-rich, gluten-free grain that contains antioxidants and all nine essential amino acids, according to the United States National Institutes of Health, NIH. Antioxidants and amino acids help protect and repair cells and reduce the risk of disease. Plus, fiber may lower cholesterol and blood pressure, states Harvard Health. One meta-analysis of studies published recently in the phytotherapy research journals showed that eating quinoa lowered people's body weight, LDL levels, and several other key cardiovascular disease risk factors. The AHA recommends eating at least three servings of whole grains like quinoa per day. 
ways to enjoy quinoa. Mix quinoa with black beans to make a protein-rich burger. Add the grain into soups in place of noodles or rice. Create a next-level salad by combining quinoa with your favorite vegetables. Add cinnamon, honey, and peaches to the grain for a delicious and nutritious oatmeal alternative. Black beans. I love black beans. Black beans are high in fiber, which helps your body maintain healthy cholesterol levels and reduces your risk of heart disease, according to the United States Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Black beans are also nutritionally dense and high in protein, which is why they're sometimes referred to as a superfood. The United States Department of Agriculture, USDA, recommends eating about one to three cups of beans per week, Lower salt varieties can be especially beneficial for heart health. Ways to enjoy black beans. Swap out beef for low-fat black beans and all your favorite dishes. That's a big change. That's a big change. So, I'm just thinking of all the things, all the meals that include beef. And switching it to black beans, that's different. But it's worth it. Life is worth it. Add black beans to quinoa for a protein-dense meal. Mix black beans into fruit and vegetable-based salsa dips for some added fiber. Mmm, that sounds delicious. Walnuts, another favorite. Walnuts contain an abundance of alpha-linolenic acid, which is converted into certain types of omega-3 fatty acids in the body, according to Harvard Health. Omega-3 fatty acids help protect your heart health in a number of ways, including lowering triglyceride fats in your body. In addition, a study published recently in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology found that eating walnuts regularly for two years reduced a key inflammatory marker that's associated with coronary heart disease. Since walnuts are high in calories, try to limit your portion size to less than one cup per week. Ways to enjoy walnuts. Top off your favorite desserts with a handful of walnuts. Mix them into fruit salads. Mmm, that'd be good for some added crunch. Finally, finely chop walnuts and use them to coat your favorite lean or plant-based meat. Okay. Salmon. Salmon not only contains heart-healthy omega-3 fatty acids, but this pink fish also has plenty of vitamin B6, which helps keep an amino acid called homocysteine in balance for optimal heart health. Salmon is also low in saturated fat, and the AHA recommends eating two three-ounce servings per week to help lower your risk for cardiovascular disease and stroke. Ways to enjoy salmon. Okay, cook it in olive oil with a squirt of mango juice. Sounds delicious. Top it with teriyaki sauce and serve it over quinoa. Bake it with lemon juice minced garlic, and cilantro for a tasty dish. Heck yeah. To help keep your heart healthy, 
the Johnny emphasizes that correct portion size is also very important. Even when you eat healthy foods, it's important not to overeat, he shares. Knowing what and how much to eat is a skill everyone should learn. You can find out more about the best foods for heart health in the 2020 to 2025 USDA Dietary Guidelines for Americans. And this article was published April 27th, 2023, written by Kara Jones. And I confess that I definitely overeat. When it's something that's good to me, like I go in and that's not working out for me. That's it's not okay. And I'm going to stop. Well, I'm going to work on stopping that and being mindful. Being mindful. Awareness helps us be mindful. So reading these articles, creating a podcast about this is helping me with my mindfulness. And the last read for this for this. Um, episode is going to be about exercise. I have a love-hate relationship with exercise because once I get started, I'm good. But it's the getting started once I stop. Oh, and I've stopped for a while now. It's been three years. Right before 2020, I got back into it. And I've had some good starts, but I keep stopping. And now the awareness of how important it is way beyond my appearance on the outside is how exercise, cardiovascular exercise, helps me on the inside. And that's where it really matters. Word. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This last article is also on blackdoctor.org. Headline, 10 Easy Exercises to Improve Your Heart Health. With only 24 hours in a day and so much to do between working, prioritizing yourself and your mental health, taking care of children or relatives, trying to enjoy life with your friends, sometimes it's just too much. Then to top it all off, Having to stay healthy and active on top of all the things that come with adulthood can be extremely overwhelming. Something usually gets put on the back burner, and most of the time in these cases, it's your health. How healthy your heart is depends on, in most cases, how well your body will function. You know, Honey Nut Cheerios might actually know what they're talking about in their commercials. They push the eat healthy agenda for a healthy heart. But it takes more than eating healthy. Being active and exercising is an essential part of keeping your heart healthy as well. Working out doesn't have to be black or white. 
Eating healthy can be hard, but going to the gym and getting a full 30-minute, one- or two-hour workout multiple times a week can seem impossible to some people. Who has the time or the resources? Who has the luxury to devote themselves to a workout like that? Not everyone. So it's understandable why some people don't work out often or at all. But working out doesn't have to be either or. You don't need to spend two hours in the gym four days a week to achieve a better heart. Can it be helpful? Yes. If you have the time, resources, and accessibility to do so, then go for it. If not, there are other ways to keep your body active and in motion, even when certain resources are not by your side. How yoga can help your heart. One easy exercise to get started. A great way to stay active without all the stress is through yoga. Yoga is a group of physical and mental practices, exercises, that call for spiritual discipline to not only help relax your mind, but improve your physical body, such as your breathing and flexibility. If you've ever seen it being done, yoga can seem boring and not worth the time, but in all actuality, it's one of the best ways to help your heart. Since it focuses on stilling your mind and helping with stress, it's a great practice to start for a healthy heart. You can also practice in the comfort of your own home throughout the day. No gym membership is required. Just five minutes to spare and a YouTube video. There are even some poses specifically for your heart. Nine easy exercises to do morning or night. Now, yoga is a great way to incorporate easy fitness, but there are other simple exercises you can do to ensure the same results. Going for a walk is an easy and low-impact exercise. Try walking up a flight of stairs for five to seven minutes every few hours, whether it be in the office or at home. If you don't have access to stairs, walk around your home for seven to ten minutes every few hours. Stretch. Stretching is a part of yoga, which is good for your heart and mind. Every hour, stretch for three to five minutes without stopping. Dance. A simple way to incorporate more dancing is to do it while you're busy. When cleaning your house, making dinner, or simply sitting in your work chair, turn on some music and bust out a few few moves every few hours. Not only is it fun, but it can make time go by faster. Wall push-ups. Walking down a hallway, do 10 wall push-ups as you make your way to your destination. Do this at least three times a day. Resistance bands. Sitting down, use some resistance bands to get in a good arm or leg workout. Jumping jacks. Do 10 to 15 jumping jacks or low-impact jumping jacks when you wake up in the morning and before you go to sleep. Squats. Every time you stand up, do five squats. Lateral shuffles. I like these because I do it like a punch at the end. So you just shuffle side to side, punch. Shuffle to the right, punch. Shuffle to the left, punch. Shuffle to the right, punch. Shuffle to the left, punch. And before you know it, you got a good cardio workout in. And light jogging. Jog in place for five minutes in the morning and or before bed. Exercising is the best way to maintain a healthy heart. Why? Because 
Physical activity strengthens your heart muscles while helping manage your blood pressure and lowering your cholesterol. By incorporating a few of these exercises daily, it will help aid in the prevention of hypertension, high cholesterol, heart failure, and other life-threatening heart conditions. Remember, it doesn't have to be hard and excessive, just consistent and doable. Word.